0: We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. Second Chronicles 26, um, look what it says in verse 1. It says, Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father Amaziah. He built Elath and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16, imagine that, so young, 16 years old when he became king and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecholiah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper." Again, we come to these kings, you know, going through the Bible, hopefully learning lessons from them. Hopefully learning lessons from the things they did right, you know, that we would mimic that. Uh, Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ, you know. So we're going to see some of the things they did right and hopefully we learn from that. But also we're going to see from some of the things they did wrong, And my prayer is that they would be there as warnings for us, admonitions to us that, you know, we don't emulate those types of things. Um, Uzziah was a good king. He was a a good king. And uh, and at the same time, we're going to see that he didn't. Another one of those examples of someone who didn't finish well. You know, is that your fate? You know, are you here today thinking, you know what, man, I'm not going to finish well. You know what? I, I would just say, you know what? Don't buy into that mentality. As a matter of fact, I would say that's why brought, God brought you here today. is because He wants you to finish well. You know, um, I was just so inspired. I'm so inspired by Eric Lytle. You guys remember him? He was the Olympian. I think it was the 1924 Olympics that were held there in France, and his best uh, event was the I think it was the 200 meter, and uh, but it was on a Sunday, and so he said, I can't run on a Sunday, Sundays, I give Sundays to God. And so he didn't run, and so what he did, however, is he entered into the 400 meter race. It wasn't a race that he was expected to win, although they thought he would win for sure the 200, but you guys probably know the story, remember Chariots of Fire, how many of you saw that? I, I didn't see it, I-, I should see it, huh? Because I like this guy so much, man. But anyways, um, you know his framework was this, and I just love this. Like, how did? What was your strategy? How did you? How did you do it? How did you win? And he said, "This. I I, I ran the the first two hundred meters as fast as I could. He said, and then by the grace of God, I ran the second two hundred meters faster. And I thought, Wow, Lord, that's a really good like." I guess you could say approach, you know, for us. And maybe you're here. You are. And I know. Sometimes I look at my life, and I'm gonna be what? What? 36, Shelly? 36. I'm coming up to like midpoint, man. And I'm I'm like, man, I've done kind of like I I think maybe I've done the best that I can. But still, I feel so far away, and and I want to run like the second half like faster. By the grace of God, I want to finish well. And so, you know, today as we look at our study, we see this guy. He didn't finish well. We learned lessons along the way. He started off so well, uh, just like many people do. Um, We read right here in verse 1 that he was uh, 16 years old when he became king. He reigned 52 years. We read that in verse 3. But in verse 4 is where it just gets so cool. It says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. I mean, that is so cool. You know, we might, you know, do what's right in the sight of men. And, you know, men, they only see a portion of our life, right? But, you know, here's the question. Are we doing what's right in the sight of the Lord? Because the Lord, you know, He sees everything we do, right? And not only that, He sees why we do everything we do. And so... When you read about a guy who did right in the sight of the Lord, you're reading about a guy that is right on. You're reading about a guy that is real. You're reading about a guy who has character in the dark. You know, Hebrews 4:13 says that we're naked before him. He sees everything about us. And 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 it tells us that he will judge, God will judge all our motives. And so, you know, I kind of broke today's chapter up into three sections. And I think the first section here is just living holy. Living holy. And just a a life of integrity, you know. And I encourage you guys to to know that by the Spirit of God, you can live a holy life. Um, He's called the Holy Spirit because He has the power to make us holy. And you can get all your thoughts right. You know, you can use your eyes for things that are good and sanctify them unto the Lord. You know, I'll be honest with you, sometimes when I'm going through my my, my phone, I like my USA Today app, and I look at all the stories, you know, just in case. I want to kind of keep up a little bit on the news and, you know, whatever. It can be just an image that comes up with a gal, she's in a bikini, and I have an option right there. I can, like, tap on it and say, I'm just curious about this story. <laughs> and get a closer look or I can just nope. you know you just fling on by and and you learn to do that you learn to to bounce with your eyes you learn you know to to not listen to gossip not to participate in it or whatever the case may be you know you learn to to live that holy life because you know that although your wife might not see and whatever you know the church might not see but God sees and that's the thing that we see about Uzziah, that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He had integrity. You know, we, a, we got to know, he, he hears every idle word we speak. Matthew twelve thirty-six said, and he knows all our thoughts. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 2, he knows all our, our moves and our motives for those moves. And, and it's just so cool. And I just want to throw this out there to you guys, that when the Lord gets a hold of your life, when you understand how much he loves you and the great plans that he has for you, and then he gets a hold of your life fully and completely, you know you will begin to do what's right. That's how it happens, even in the sight of the lord and so you know that that's got to be that's got to be our goal, you guys I pray that it would be nothing less than just doing what's right in the sight of the Lord. But then, look at verse 5. It's so beautiful. What we read right here, it says, And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. See, he sought, he sought God. And that's the, the simple key for us as Christians, it is just so super simple. I can't overemphasize this, you know, that that, that that's the way it works, you guys, that I uh, you know that we would have that heart to truly seek after the Lord. I mean, ask yourself tonight in the quietness of your heart and the honesty of who you are are you really seeking the Lord? Are you really seeking Him? And you're like, well, Manny, what do you mean by seeking Him? He, I can't see Him. You can see Him with the eyes of your heart. Moses endured as seeing Him who is invisible, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11. You can see Him, right? And, and what ends up happening is you, you, know, you, just, you start diving into the Scriptures to really get to know Him. And you listen as you're living to get to know Him. And then to discover not only Him, but then His, his will for my life. That's, you know, seeking the Lord. And that's what we got to do. You guys get to know the Lord. You know, I tell you what, the more you know him, the more you'll love him. And the more you love him, the more you'll obey him. It's as simple as that. If you get to know the Lord, you won't. You, there's just no way you can't love him. Because when you get to know the Lord, you realize how much he loves you when no one else does. How much that, you know, He loves you, that He died for you, that He was tortured for you. How much He loves you, that He's just constantly thinking about you. The Bible says in Psalm 139 that He couldn't add up the sum of God's thoughts towards us. You know? And as we have that understanding, we get to know Him. It's just so cool. It changes everything. We get to know His holiness. We get to know His grace. We get to know His peace. And then what ends up happening is then we want to know His will. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do today? You know, I don't know about you guys, but I like having a a, a calendar for the day. Do you guys like, is anybody here like that? I like that. Between 2 and 2.15, I will check my emails. Between 2.15 and 2.30, I will take a break. No, I'm just joking, you know. I love that, you know, And um, but I'm always praying, Lord, this is my agenda, this is my calendar for today, but not my will, but your will. If you want any interruptions, maybe there will be a phone call, maybe somebody will knock on the door today, that's cool. I just want to know your will. I don't know, should I watch this TV show or, or not? I don't want to do my will. I want to do his will. You know, the kids want to play sorry. My son wants to play cards, you know. What is it Lord Poker or nice no, joking you know you're just you're constantly asking the Lord for his will right and that's just the way that it is he says right here that he sought God and when he sought God what what happened it says there in verse 5 that God made him what prosper prosper in the bible it means to succeed to succeed and that's the secret to success, is simply to seek the Lord. And when you seek the Lord, Him and His will for your life, then you will live the life God called you to live. And you will be like Him. That's the cool thing. You're still gonna maintain your personality. Thank God for that. Some of you guys are, are pretty pretty strange, but I like that about you. You know, but you're gonna have His character, you're gonna be like Him. That's what ends up happening, right? And then what ends up happening is you're going to find him and his will for your life. And, and that's the promise of God. You know, you're like, well, how do I succeed in life? And how do I prosper? And how do I get over this hump? And how can I make this happen? And it's just seeking the Lord, right? And, and when you're seeking him and his will, it's just awesome how you will prosper. I remember God gave that promise to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. Remember that one, verse 8? It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, right? That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. All right, that's what God promised to Joshua, and I believe through Joshua, right? It's a, it's a promise for all of us, you guys. And that's so cool to see you here on a midweek, I'll be honest with you. I think there's probably a, a lot of other things that you could have been doing, huh? I mean, was tonight the Republican debate? Yeah? What, was that? what have they got, 27 guys that are gonna, trying to be Republican? No, I think there's 17. And we guys are praying for that, right? We need to pray that the Lord will please not allow Hillary Clinton to be president. Man, we need, we need to pray. We need to vote. But, man, you know, thank God. I thank God that you're here. I really do. And as you're here, you know, just seeking the Lord and his will and his word, then you, uh, he says, you're meditating on it. And then you're meditating on it so that you can do it. And as you do it, you will prosper. You see, we, we're going to see later in the life of uh, Hezekiah and Second Chronicles 31, 21, it says, and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it. Notice to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. So he prospered. And so we, that's our prayer for you that you would prosper in, in every area of your life, that you would succeed. That one day when you die, you die with integrity. That one day when you die, there's no woulda, coulda, shoulda. I wish I woulda, shoulda, coulda done that. No, no reserves. You know, I think about this a lot. I'm like, okay, Lord. One day they might do my funeral. One day maybe I'll do their funeral. I don't know. But when life is over, when life is over, will we be able to say that we, you know, we succeeded in the life that God gave us to live? And none of us are perfect, but you guys know what I'm talking about. This that general, that general assessment of victory in our life, right? And that's a key theme in the book of uh, Second Chronicles. We find it numerous times. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this psalm, but I want to take you there anyways. If you would, go to Psalm uh, chapter 1. I'll bet you there's some of you here who know this by heart. In verse 1 of Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the man Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates, how frequently? Day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Maybe it's not your season yet, but your season is coming whose leaf also shall not wither think about that and whatever he does shall prosper i mean it's just so simple man just getting into the word and and seeking him and his will for your life and so what ends up happening is you will then succeed if you seek the lord and and seeking the lord i think is rooted in the revelation of his word but it doesn't, therefore, then exclude the contribution of other people, gifted men in your life, godly men in your life, and women. As a matter of fact, back in Second Chronicles, that's what we read in verse 5. It says, But he sought, the, he sought God in the days of, notice, Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. I, I believe that seeking the Lord is rooted in, in the revelation of his word, but it doesn't end there necessarily. I mean, everything needs to be tested by his word. But, you know, here he mentions a guy by the name of Zechariah who had understanding. Understanding in the visions of God. And you guys know that, right? That we're, we're not going to be able to really live victoriously if we're living by ourselves. We need like a Zechariah in our life. We need somebody to pour into us, uh, somebody that with wisdom, somebody, I think even a church that has gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as we have that type of, you know, fellowship and congregation, what each joint supplies, then, you know, we're going to be a prosperous people, right? I mean, this guy Zechariah here, he's not the same Zechariah that wrote the book of Zechariah in the Bible. He's a different guy, but I mean, in one sense, he was kind of like a Joseph. Think about Joseph. He could understand the dreams. He could interpret the dreams. I mean, he was like a Daniel who, the Bible says, was gifted in understanding and dreams, interpretation, and visions. And perhaps there were those days, you know, where maybe Uzziah had a vision. He didn't know what it meant. So he went to Zechariah, his friend, his counselor, his confidant. He said, you know what? I don't really know what this means. And Zechariah, who loved him, was there, you know, and they were co-laboring in the kingdom. And he said, I, I, I think this is what it means. And he had just that understanding. And we need people like that in our life. We need people who have that understanding, understanding of the word, and, and at times understanding of a, of, a, of a message that God wants to give. In just various times of our life, He's such a a personal God. You know, and then we, like, we appreciate, we thank God for family and friends who are godly contributors and counselors in our lives, and, you know, the teachers that He puts in our life, and even those who might speak those, you know, those words of knowledge, a word of wisdom, a word that might be prophetic to you. We need that in our life. You know, First Thessalonians 5, 21, it, it commands us, yes, test all things. If someone comes up to you and says something, you know, you test it. But um, it, it also says, don't despise it. It says that, you know, verse 21, you know, we don't despise these prophecies either, you know, and that means to think little of or esteem lightly or to disregard. And so, you know, it's just so cool to see, first of all, how it all started and, and at the age of 16, and who knows how, how long that, that beginning was, that initial beginning was, it was just so beautiful, man. He, he was living holy with integrity, and it's something that we can, we can all latch on to, right? And then came a second phase of his life. Uh, after living holy and still probably maintaining it, he was living helped. He was living helped. So the first part carries the idea of integrity, the second part it carries that that idea of prosperity. Look at verse 6. It says, now he went out and made war against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath. Wow, that's that's amazing. The wall of Jabna and the wall of Ashdod and and he built Silly he built he built Silly cities. <laughs> cities See what happens when you wear these glasses right here and you're looking forward to Rupert Float, man? <laughs> I'm trying to hurry. He built cities around Ashdod and notice among the Philistines. I mean, they were conquering. Notice it says there in verse 7 God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gur, Baal, and against the Munites, also the Ammonites. They brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. And, and Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the corner buttress of the wall. And then he fortified them. And he also built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock. Both in the lowlands and in the plains. Think about that. I mean, just everywhere. He had farmers and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved the soil. I mean, just a, just a description of prosperity, you know. Um, verse 11 Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men who went out to war by companies, according to the number on their roll, as prepared by Jael, the scribe, and Maasiah the officer under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers of the mighty men of valor was 2,600. That's just the the officers. And under their authority was an army of 307,500 that made war with mighty power, notice to help the king against the enemy. And then Uzziah prepared for them, for the entire army, shields, spears, helmets, body armor, bows and slings to cast stones. And he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. And so his fame spread far and wide, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. And so... When I was reading it, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, living holy, there's that integrity. And then living helped, there's the prosperity. Notice it says that God helped him in verse 7, God helped him. And then in verse 13, these guys helped him that made war with mighty power to help the king. And we even read there at the end of verse 15 that he was marvelously helped. You know, and he was holy, so he had you know the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is identified as our helper, right? I mean Uzziah was helped to victories against the Philistines, it says the Arabians, the Munites, and even the Ammonites. And the reason was he was able to experience those victories is because God helped him. Now it says there that his victory over the Philistines, it's kind of cool the way it describes that portion in greater detail. And it's probably because, in all reality, that wasn't too common for Israel. There's only seasons here or there where the Israelites had victory over the Philistines. Um, And they were just a constant problem for Israel, right? As a matter of fact, some people say that perhaps, and I'm not smart enough to figure this out, but they, they say that perhaps the Philistines back then are the Palestinians today. Now, you guys know about what's going on in Israel and all that, right? And let me tell you, that is a, a, a victory that the, is the Jews just can't win. I mean, it's just, it's just so frustrating. It's so frustrating that area of such a wonderful nation, they can't win it. And, and sometimes it happens in our own life, you guys. There are those areas that we just keep failing in. We keep hitting our, our head against that, that same wall. You know, and, and we can even come to a point where we feel like you know what, I just I will never overcome this. You know, I'll never change. And I just want to just tell you, don't don't even begin to think that way. I mean I mean when the Lord looked at Peter, he was all messed up. And he called him a rock. And I think that, you know, for me as, a, as just a friend, I, I like to look at people and just say, man, do you realize what God can do in your life? I mean, do you realize what, what can happen when God helps you? You will change, you will grow into that godly man or that godly woman that you would have never even begun to think that you could be. I pray that we would have that, that faith. You know, to know that God can help us overcome even the Philistines. Even the, the one weakness, the one wickedness that we feel that we could never overcome. You know, and this is the struggle. Maybe it's that sin that easily besets you. You know, that the feisty Philistines that seem to always be there opposing you, rearing its ugly head, that... Ah, I just want to encourage you uh, to seek the Lord, like we're reading tonight. Seek Him wholeheartedly. Seek Him and His will. And gather Zechariahs around you, you know, that have understanding, that can help you. And then when when God does that work, you're going to find victory. You're going to find the Helper really doing an awesome new work you know, as we're listening to God's words of wisdom and His teachings and prophecies that are spoken to our life, you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our helper, right? In John fourteen twenty six, John fifteen twenty six, uh, John sixteen seven, and when He helps us, then we will overcome those uh, feisty Philistines, really will in a phenomenal way. You know, I was. Uh, I was so blessed the other day we were at Bible College class, and after class we were talking. you know, there's different students, and uh, you know, um, it was just so cool um, to hear one of the brothers say, "I haven't drank a drop of alcohol in three years, in three years." And I was just so blessed by that, because there's a lot of guys they, they can't overcome that, and they just they're just not walking under the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I started drinking at the age of seven with my dad right here in the motels of Garvey, I remember he used to get me those little cans. You guys remember those little cans? And he used to get him, he would get the tall one and I would get the little one and then we would drink. And so, you know, my, my whole life, I mean, I started pretty young. I'm not saying I always drank, but it was just always there. You know, and I remember just the crazy thing. You know, I don't know how, I don't know how I lived, driving home so many times. I mean, absolutely not knowing how I got home. I drove home. Man, the Lord protected me. But then the day that I got saved, I mean, He took it away. Now, now, would, would I ever, like, come to the day to say that I did it? I would be a fool to say that. And let me just say, whether He took it away from you overnight, over a season, it's still the Lord. You know, I remember hearing a study by Pastor Chuck of all people, Pastor Chuck Smith. You know what he used to struggle with? Struggle with? Anybody here know? Anger. Now I'm sure none of you do, but but he did. <laughs> he struggled with anger and uh it was he was a christian and he struggled with it until one day just one day the holy spirit got a hold of his heart and i don't know you know necessarily if he never got angry again but he he just he was able to pinpoint the very day where god took that away god helped him see and for us, the Philistines, to me, when I see the way that, that he was able to, you know, break down the walls of the Philistines and he was able to build cities around them and even among them, I'm saying, man, this is, this is victory in a frustrating place that oftentimes we experience. You know, for Israel, it was the Philistines a lot of the time. But here we see that what ended up happening was God helped them. God gave them utter victory And, you know, in verse 8, notice it says right there that his fame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. And so just a time of prosperity, right? Um, Uzziah became part of the world's most rich and famous. And that's good, right? You think that's good? I don't know. I mean, it's just so cool to see all these things in verses 9 through 10. We see he was a warrior, he was a builder, fortifying towers, at the various gates of the walls in Jerusalem that had previously been broken down during the weaker previous kings and reigns. And, you know, he was just doing well, not only offensively, but also defensively. And here he's building up the walls and gates and towers in Jerusalem and you know, he not only built towers on the gates, he says right there he built towers in the deserts and he had a whole bunch of livestock, you know, in the plains and lowlands, farms and farmers and vine dressers. It it was just a super blessed life. He was a a warrior, he was a builder, he had farmers, he was a great leader, delegator, even had inventors. I mean it was just like life was so awesome you know When I mean, we read in verses 11 through 15 as soldiers were fighters organized and you know they had that mighty power to help him and they had these weapons we read in verse 14 through 15 and i mean they just had everything they need they were packing man shields and spears and helmets and body armor and you know bowls and clings and catapults man to you know the shoot those large stones from the towers and and, and, um, and God, I, I think from God's perspective, He was just wanting to, man, just glorify Himself. Glorify Himself, right? And, uh, and all of that, like I mentioned, I don't know if it was last week, but the week before, you know, when we succeed, it should humble us. It should humble us, right? But unfortunately, it didn't. And that's where we, 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 we see it's, it just got messed up, man. You know, Warren Worsby said, if God's blessings do not humble us, they will eventually destroy us. Some of you here, you're so blessed. In, 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 all, in all reality, you know, and, and it's just so beautiful to see the way that you, you're staying humble. And, and God is going to be glorified in your life you know the other day i got off the freeway i don't know if you guys believe in this or not we should take a survey here to see who believes in things like this or not but i got off the freeway and i got at the freeway and there was a a a car right in front of me and it had a sticker on the window and it said um work hard stay humble work hard stay humble And when I read that sticker, I just felt like that was for me. Uh, Because I think that's kind of the message the Lord has been just sharing with me lately. Work hard, stay humble. You know, because what's going to happen if you work hard? What's going to happen if you work hard? What's going to happen if you work hard in your job? What's going to happen if you work hard in your family? If you work hard... In your heart. If you work hard in the ministry, what's going to happen? You're going to succeed. You're going to succeed if you work hard. If you're lazy, forget about it. It ain't going to happen. Right? But if you work hard, you will succeed. But then when you succeed, then what? The the question is, will you stay humble? And a lot of people say, well, of course I will, Manny. I'm, I'm... I'm humble, you know, and I tell you what, it's a totally different view from the 27th floor. And next thing you know, you're like, you know what, I am pretty good, right? Like Nebuchadnezzar, look what I've done, built this king. Next thing you know, he's an animal, man. And, and what I'm saying, you guys, is this is what ends up happening. So, you know, you we're going to read this tonight. So that when you live holy and you live helped, you will stay humble. Because we're going to learn from this guy, what happened to Uzziah was this, living holy, that was great, integrity, and living helped, that was great, prosperity. But you want to know what came last in his life? Living hell. And and it was it was leprosy. Look what happens in verse sixteen. But when he was strong his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God, how? By entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And so Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were eighty priests of the Lord. They were valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord. And then Uzziah became furious. See, that's where he, I mean, he messed up just going in, but he especially messed up by not receiving the rebuke. It says, and and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And notice, while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar. And Azariah, the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out. Because the Lord had struck him. And this is a part that just breaks my heart. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from first to last, the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, wrote, and so Uzziah rested with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of burial which belonged to the kings, for they said he is a leper, I mean he wasn't even buried in the right place, and then Jotham, his son, reigned in his place and i And I say this you know to myself, a lot of pastors experience this and just for whatever reason man the the pride it, it gets us thank God you know um the Lord is not he doesn't give up on us you know like I think of myself and I think of how easy it might I might get prideful and then you know he just has his way of humbling me if I would respond or sometimes he uses my wife or different people you know and just to kind of put me in my place. And, and yet, I will confess that there are those times where I don't want to listen. And that's what we see happen to this guy right here anger. Uh, anger. Well, you just put one letter in front of it, D, and it's danger. Be careful, man. You know, be careful for pride, you guys. Um, pride, it got the best of him, and then it brought out the worst in him. I mean, he totally forgot that he was, what? He was helped. The Bible said it. He was helped. He was helped. He was helped. Well, look what I've done. You know, I mean, I mean, you could picture like a little kid, man, and, and the dad's carrying 99% of the weight, you know, and he's there. You know how sometimes kids like, do you have any, any little kids that like to help? You know, so they're like, yeah, you know, and I mean, and then they're done, you know, carrying that big old heavy thing that really you carried, you know, 99.9% of the weight. And they said, look what I did. You didn't do it. It was God. But then we think it's us. I mean, I stand here before you today, a wicked man. My heart is deceitful. It's desperately wicked above all things. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, unworthy and Unable. It's only the Lord who's good. And so, be careful, and I need to be careful, you know, that we don't do this. You know, he went beyond his boundaries. I mean, sometimes even as a pastor, I'm really careful. I'm really careful that I don't overextend my ba- I don't tell people what to do. I don't. Because a lot of times people will come up to me and they say, Hey, Pastor Manny, what do you think I should do? And I said, you got to go pray you got to seek the Lord. Because I tell you what, I mean, it's probably just my own selfishness. I give them the wrong directions, they end up messing up. And then they come back to me and say, well, you told me to do that. And I'm like, okay, I don't want any of that, man. I mean, if it's clear in the Word, where you're like, should I go get drunk? No. No, Ephesians 5.18 says, do not be drunk, okay? You know, but other than that, I can't tell people what to do. I mean, I have to be really careful. What happened here was the king wanted to be a priest. He wanted to go into the holy place, not the most holy place, but the holy place and just burn some incense right there. But that was something that only the priest could do, not the king. It was a spiritual sin. It wasn't a sin of the flesh. It was a spiritual sin where he thought he was so right on. And what ended up happening was... uh, his heart was lifted up. That that verse right there, doesn't that just kind of like break your heart, verse 16, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. The Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief has come to steal and kill and destroy, right? And that's what, unfortunately, ended up happening to Uzziah. I think he was... Probably saved, otherwise I don't think we would have the uh, the really good assessment of his life in the early part of this chapter, but it was one of those, another one of those cases of a safe soul, wasted life. You know, here's the thing, you guys, in closing, um, beware of the peril of pride, um, but whatever you do, don't be here tonight thinking that you're doomed, that this is your fate, that you know that's me I'm a, I'm a leper no way that that's not that's not what the intention of this is about it's about us being exactly the opposite you know it's about us even in one sense maybe if we've experienced things that are similar you know going over to the gospels and then looking at Jesus and realizing that even Jesus is able to heal us from leprosy you see we got to have that understanding you guys uh, that pride will bring us to that point of destruction and that's the agenda of the enemy uh, john 10:10 10, 10, the thief has come to steal to kill and destroy but jesus said i have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly i, I actually want to close on a good note over in Luke chapter 5 tonight. Because really, leprosy, what it is, is a symbolism of sin. And you can read that in Isaiah chapter 1. And, you know, it's such an ugly disease where, you know, you get it and it starts off small. But it grows and it permeates throughout one's body. Just like sin, it can start off small. Next thing you know, it's taken over. Uh, what leprosy does is it, it takes away your feelings. So, you know, you can't feel things. That's what sin does. You lose conviction. And, and the more you do it, then it's crazy the things that you'll end up doing. And what, what leprosy does is it brings one to a point of hideousness where it actually just makes a man unrecognizable as a man. And that's what, what sin will do. And at the end of the day, what we find in the scriptures is that sin, it sends, it sends people to hell. And it ruins lives. You know, I just, I just, man, my heart gets broken when I think of Uzziah there in isolation in a leper's house until the day that he died. But then I get encouraged with the new covenant. I get so blessed that we serve a God of second chances. Uh, Look what it says here in Luke 5, in verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city, that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus, and he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me... Clean. Now this is huge. This is um, proactive here. Uh, if you guys know a little bit about leprosy back in those days, I mean it was really bad. You were unclean. You couldn't go to the temple. You had to live outside the city. Um, you can even like if there was a Pharisee there and the wind is blowing this way, man, you had to keep your distance. You had to cover your mouth and everywhere you went, you would say unclean, unclean. I mean, you was just it was not a life. It was horrible. No one—I mean, whatever you know—dialogue with you, fellowship with you, and it was incurable. Definitely, no one would ever touch you. But for whatever reason, this leper right here—he—he just—he knew there was something about Jesus that was just different. And so, uh, he goes to the Lord and just falls on his face. And I love what he says. He says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And maybe there's someone here tonight. Maybe there's just, men, groups of people here tonight that need to do that. That need to see that if you go to the Lord, if you fall on your knees, that He has love and power. He has the love and the power To make you clean. And and let me ask you something. You know, you go to the Lord, are you willing? Are you willing to make me clean? Is God willing to make you clean? Absolutely. Not only that, look what Jesus did. It says, and then he put out his hand and he touched him. Saying, I am willing. (laughs) Be cleansed. In those days, uh, anyone touching a leper was considered immediately unclean. Of course, Jesus uh, was different because by the, by, the time, by the time that he touched him, he was already clean. See, and that's what, I, when I read this right here, I get, Lord, this is so cool what you have done for me. And just immediately, the Bible says, the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priests and, and make an offering to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing as a as a testimony notice to them. He wanted to, to minister to them just as Moses had commanded. However, the Bible says the report went around concerning him. All the more and great multitudes came together to, so to be healed by him of their infirmities. You see, that's what happens when the love of Jesus Christ, it comes into a life. You know, I don't know, like, you know, what's going on in your life. I know that that, um, a lot of us here, I I think even myself, I'm going to include myself in this. We need a greater testimony. We need our family to see. We need the flock to see. We need our friends to see. We need people to see that we have been touched by Jesus. We got to go to the Lord and just say, Lord, if you're willing, please make me clean. Lord, if you're willing, please touch me. Because when that happens, people are going to start noticing. And and not that we're doing it for them, but people are going to start talking. You're going to be like the Lazarus, the one that was raised from the dead. Look at what God has done in His life. So much so, and I know a lot of you want this. I want people to come to Jesus. I want people to come to Jesus. How how can I get people to come to Jesus? Well, let Him touch you. Let Him change you. Radically. Clean you. Let Him. And then you watch what the Lord does. And so what ended up happening from that point is Jesus got all famous. And so look, it says in verse 16, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Why? Because there it is again. What happens when everybody gets to know you and you get all famous? It's Of course, we know the Lord didn't have any sin, but it's just an area of susceptibility where this is what we were talking about tonight. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight, man, as we close, um, I want to encourage you to work hard. Work hard in every area of your life. Even work hard at getting down on your face and your knees and going to Jesus and begging him for mercy and power and just guidance and everything you need. Work hard even at that. And then when God blesses your life with prosperity, because I believe that He will, then you stay humble. Okay? I'm going to see if I can get some of those stickers made for us as a church. And we'll put them all over everyone's car. (laughs) Work hard. Stay humble. Okay? Let me pray with you. Lord, I thank you so much. Father, for... uh, Just uh, the warnings even of uh, Uzziah, it just grips my heart, Lord. Help me, forgive me when I get angry. I don't want to do that anymore, Lord. I, I just really pray that tonight, Lord, you would just bless your beautiful people. And Lord, if there are any here today who don't know you, I pray they would know you love them. And that Jesus, you died for them on the cross. All their sins were laid on you and you were put in a grave and rose again, Lord, for them to be free and forgiven and to go to heaven when they die. And Lord, I just pray that all they would know the, the good news of the, the gospel is that it's a gift that, Lord, if that's anyone here tonight, then they could just receive that gift of salvation and freedom and forgiveness and heaven and a new start. If only, Lord God, they would turn from their sins and trust in you as a Lord and Savior, their life. Holy Spirit, you're the one. I can't preach it in a way that would save a single soul. Holy Spirit, I pray you touch hearts today and save. Build up your people. Bless them, protect them. Lead them and guide them, Lord. Open the windows of heaven. Rain down blessings and prosperity and success in such a way that it would overwhelm them, that they would be blessed, and they would exalt you, and they would enjoy you, Lord. And just we would never forget that it's because you love us and you helped us. And so, Lord, by your grace, we will will try to walk in humility. We love you, Lord. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel, El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.